This is the Feminine Podcast, the official podcast of Feminine, discussing all things femme, a little bit of EM, and everything in between. Last week, you heard a little teaser from some of our Fix 20, our virtual Fix 20 workshop leaders, where they told you a little bit about what you can expect to learn from their sessions and some fun factoids about them. I'm excited to be joined again this week by Jamie Hope, the mastermind behind a lot of our virtual fix content, as we talk to a few more of our exceptional workshop leaders. We are here with Carrie Camaseras, who is going to be working with Tracy Sanson, and their workshop is Building Connectivity Back to Virtual Presentations. Carrie, what does that mean? Tell us about what you're going to be teaching us. Well, you know, introducing myself via Zoom already kind of like feels like it plays into it a little bit. I think over the past couple of weeks to months, everybody has kind of adapted to this new form of communication that we were like forced to adapt to. Um, And, you know, what we've noticed is a, a lot of people have this universal feeling of not really liking presenting over Zoom. There's a lot of different obstacles. You know, you're not necessarily getting eye contact with people you're communicating with. If the screens are off, you're just kind of talking to these black boxes. You're not getting your real-time feedback. And also as a presenter, you're not really sure what to do. Like all of the standard tips and tricks for good presentation skills, do they apply to the Zoom setting? It's not really clear. Um, And so me and Tracy in our workshop are going to go through some of these challenges, kind of talk about where they come from, how can we make ourselves feel more comfortable in this presentation space, and how can we take the skills that we already have to empower us to give really high quality Zoom presentations and kind of raise the bar in this new virtual setting. This is such a timely topic, and I don't think Zoom presentations are going away anytime soon. Honestly, I think even when the world gets more back to normal, Zoom presentations aren't going to go away. I think that there's some silver linings of this that we've discovered along the way. You can have guest speakers from all over the world without dealing with flights and cost and all that. So I would love to get better at Zoom presentations. And the Fix audience is very familiar with Tracy Sanson. So bringing back the master, Dr. Sanson, is going to be really helpful for everybody, I think. Yeah, this is such rock star content because, well, yeah, and other benefits, you could wear a nice shirt and then just be in like your oldest, crappiest yoga pants, which Mm -hmm. is also awesome. But yeah, getting that audience engagement. So instead of teaching people death by Zoom, where you can bore people by reading your slides, you Mm -hmm. guys are going to teach people new modern skills to make Zoom presentations amazing. I'm very excited for this. I think like you guys said, I think it should be it's not going to go away entirely, even when we come back to things. Um, And there's a lot of benefits, you know, I think especially as like a young female physician, the opportunity to like not have to travel all over the world to do guest presentations, to go to other institutions or conferences is outstanding. But a lot of people are still in this place where they're like, I don't particularly enjoy giving this presentation as much as I enjoy interacting with an audience. So we're hoping to help people reclaim that feeling in the, in the Zoom or in any sort of virtual setting. I love it. We're lucky enough actually to be joined by your co-workshop leader. Dr. Tracy Sanson is here with us also. Uh, The topic is bringing connectivity back to virtual presentations. Tracy, let's face it. Some places are doing amazing with Zoom and some places are making it suck just as bad as the boring (laughs) in-person presentations. Yeah. Yeah. How are you going to help us fix this? What are we going to learn from your workshop? 
So you know what's, what's I think really heart-wrenching here is we work so hard on the content and you finally get those things down and you get your facial expressions and how to interact and connect with people and then boom, you get that email that says, oh, by the way, it's going to be on Zoom or Pixel or whatever it is. And so that question does become, how do I still connect? Should I stand? Should I sit? What should I wear? What should my background be? What kind of sound? What kind of light? We're going to answer all those questions. We're going to have the tips and the tricks that you need to come off with competence so people believe your credibility and so you're able to make that you know like we have the ther therapeutic milieu as a physician you still need that same thing as a speaker and so that's what we're going to talk about we will specifically talk about clothing or coloring a clothing or using a light source what type of sound source all those types of things what we're really trying to do is take away those things that can subtract or detract from somebody believing what you're telling them. And so, yeah, that's what we're going to go through. Oh, this is going to be so great to get everyone up to speak because Zoom's not going away anytime soon. No, it isn't. And I'll tell you, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult to have this all of a sudden go away from that where you can read somebody's eyes, you can check their body language. So you now have to come up with your own energy and your own connection to try and um, get over those roadblocks and barriers. Great. Tracy, I'm asking everybody a silly or random question that's coming to me in the moment so we can get to know our workshop leaders better. So are you ready for one? Yes. Okay, you are driving relatively on an alone street in your car and or home alone and in your shower. What is your go-to, I'm singing by myself as loud as I can, song and or artist, if picking a single song is too hard? Well, you know, a single song might be hard. I'll tell you what, it, it, I'm showing my age here. I grew up on and love Helen Reddy's I Am Woman. Hear me roar. Oh, yes. Oh my God, I'm telling you. But if I had to pick an artist, one who I will crank and really just start belting, it's Tracy Chapman. I'm telling oh. you, so first off. So those would be my two. Of, Excellent um, choices. Mm -hmm. Excellent choices. Carrie, I want to ask you some silly questions now, oh, just so excellent. we can get to know the real Carrie. Sure. I saw somebody put on Twitter recently, when I get to do these icebreakers now, I've stopped asking people to tell me something interesting about them because that's too much pressure. Mm -hmm. Instead, I've asked them to tell me something boring about them. So Carrie, Tell us something boring about you. Oh, something boring about me. Uh, a current dilemma that I'm having, I'm not sure if this is like interesting or boring. It's probably one of those <laughs> things where I find it interesting and most other people find it boring. Um, I grew a garden this summer and because I have like failed for the last four summers at growing any sort of squash, uh, I switched to growing a pepper garden and it went really, really well. But I grew all these peppers that are like not in the same class of spiciness that I like to eat. And uh -oh. so now I have these like small baskets of like habanero and like ghost peppers that I grew and I'm really proud of, but like I have no use for because I'm afraid of them. <laughs> now you got to start a hot sauce business. Side I'm gig for Carrie, make hot sauce. I'm make trying, sauce I'm going to try. We'll see how it turns out. <laughs> I also am trying to give them away, but it's like, I have to make sure that people know about it because without context, receiving like a ghost pepper in your work mailbox, just like unlabeled almost as like a threat you know a you're like bit. where is this coming from this thing looks evil so this is like my current boring dilemma but i think about it every day 
who's trying to make me cry with a ghost yeah. pepper and what do they have against me? It's not the opposite <laughs> That's a good of a tap. If you do a terrible tap, you get a ghost pepper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's more interesting than boring, but I like it. We are talking now to Alicia Kurtz. Now, some of you had the amazing opportunity to meet her on Fix It Friday, which was so huge and the connection and oh, everything about that community was amazing. Your workshop is called Real Talk, not your average wellness program. And I love that addition because we all know that the average wellness program should be called substantially less than average. <laughs> um, so, but yours is so far above average. Alicia, tell us the kind of things that you teach. Yeah. Basically, it's not a genius move. It's just thinking about what we need and doing it. So what we really need is to change the culture in medicine, not to tell us personal resiliency, not to say, hey, eat better, get sleep, you know, do yoga. It's instead to put all of us on the same page, talk about the parts of medicine that are really hard or really great, but they're all in general really unique to us in a way that only we can understand and making space to actually talk about it, to unpack that in a way that is really simple, that costs zero dollars, um, and just takes a little bit of time. And so when we create those spaces and we share those stories, it leads to stronger team bonding and camaraderie. It lets you have more personal resilience because you've unpacked that stuff instead of bottling it all up. And then generally, I'm also noticing that it translates to better care at the bedside because it brings that, that joy back because you're not just bottling up all of that insanity from before. Yeah. Unhappy doctors are not good doctors, right? No. No. <laughs> or you talked about the last thing anyone needs to be is told to you know sleep better and do more yoga. Let's look right. at the actual problem. Amen, sister. Yes. Yeah. So that's it. It's pretty simple, but I just go over how to actually do it, what the steps are, a couple of best practices that I've learned along the way, and literally at the very end of going over it, you could do it. It's very simple. You could take it and start it the ne very next day at your own site. I am so excited. This is going to be really helpful for everybody. We all, we all desperately need some more wellness right now. And so yes. if we could teach people how to bring it to their own shops. This is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Fun question for you. Ready. Do you prefer an e-reader, a paper book, an audio book, or who has time to read? <laughs> Probably that one. <laughs> but, but. I'm a big fan of like the daily, the podcast. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And I listen to it on one and a half speed when I run. So I'm like a multitasker. If I had to really pick and I had time, it'd be a paper book, the feel, the smell. But like yeah. in my life right now, it doesn't. Matter. The turning of the pages. Yeah, the feeling. That's what I would love, but it's just not a reality right not, now. Not practical at this point in no. your career. I get it. I totally no. get it. <laughs> yes. But when we have speed audio, anything, that's my jam right there. That, that is a good, that is a good jam. I actually had to turn to some audio books yeah. uh, in the early COVID days as I was yeah. starting to be overwhelmed with news media and podcasts. I was yeah. like, I'm going to unplug and listen to a novel. So I highly recommend that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. that is a very healthy choice. Yeah, agree. Oh, turn off the news, turn on the like, you know, fiction. It's helpful. It's so exactly, helpful. exactly. Yeah. Nothing, um, nothing like reading about a dystopian, you know, horror show in a novel that, <laughs> that make you feel better. Wait, that's relaxing. You're like, ah, oh, crap, this is real life. I read the entirety, the entirety of the Harry Potter series in my second year of med school. 
I, I read it and didn't it seem like medical school? The staircases yeah. move, you're learning about potions you don't understand. <laughs> totally. And there's, there's all, all these the, tests and the pressure seems so big on the tests. Yeah. All this nuance and evil under the surface and good overcoming evil. It is basically med school. Oh, totally. <laughs> I love it. I think, you've got a, I think you've got a book idea in there, Alicia. <laughs> in my next life. In my next life. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Alicia, I know you have to go be on the news right now. So thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks, ladies. See you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Next, we have Dr. Vanessa Peters. She is a rock star. You guys have no idea. In addition to practicing medicine, she is running her group. She has written a book, and her goal is to teach women and women physicians in particular, how to get financially free. Can you imagine how amazing that would be? Vanessa, the title of your workshop is Three Essential Money Lessons Every Doctor Should Know. Can you give us a sneak peek into the amazing stuff we're gonna learn? Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is gonna be so exciting. I am really stoked for this. I have so much knowledge I wanna give people um, and we'll only get to touch on a little bit of it during the workshop, but I'd like to start with evaluating your financial balance sheet. So companies have balance sheets and that can be a little intimidating. It's like, what the heck is that? Um, so we're gonna start with, look, okay, this is your, it's your family balance sheet or your personal balance sheet, depending on your situation. Um, but you know, it includes your, um, your, your, your liabilities and your assets. What is a liability? What is an asset? We can talk a little Basics. bit about <laughs> it's like, what is good debt? What is bad debt? You know, and which ones should you get rid of first? And there's different thoughts on that, but we can talk a little bit about that and maybe run through some examples so people can um, maybe sketch that out uh, to get that started for themselves. Um, the second thing is taxes. So the, um, the easiest way to get more money is to keep what you've already worked hard to earn. So, you know, female doctors, we work super hard. We, uh, we work hard at work and then we come home and then we work hard at home. And it's imperative that we keep as much as we can. And so we'll talk about some um, tax strategies as well as like, hey, what is your current tax rate? Do you know your effective tax rate and where you would find that on your tax return? And then also, what are your options for um, tax deferred vehicles for investing? And you know, besides like your usual um, 401k through your company, there's some other options out there that you should all be taking advantage of, especially with our higher incomes. Um, so, so taxes are really important. We'll dive into that a little bit. What, how you can avoid capital gains, um, that sort of stuff. And then the third is the investing part, which is the real kind of meat of it, which is um, how can you get your money to work hard for you while you're not earning money, meaning you're not trading time for money so much. And that's what we all do at work is we're trading time for money. We're well paid, but that's what we do. Most of us can't go away and vacation and still make money like a business owner would, for example, if the business is still running in the background. Um, so we have to be really smart about it and we have to take things into our own hands. So educating about um, what is passive investing, what is not passive investing, what kind of real estate options are there out there for truly passive investing that doesn't involve you taking phone calls uh, from tenants and, and things like that. Um, and also how you can improve your tax situation through investing as well. Um, I would you know, go through maybe some case studies, some deals of example types of investments. And then I have a, a spreadsheet, which is a uh, kind of has a roadmap to financial freedom. If you invest this much per year, then you know, this is where you could be in six, eight, 10, 12 years. 
Wow. That sounds like it's going to be so useful. I know this is the kind of stuff that is sorely lacking in medical education. And Vanessa, I've, I've read your book and I know initially you talked about, you just tried to save your way into financial freedom. You know, if I mm. yell at my husband, cause he spent too much on the designer sour cream, you know, that's, <laughs> and, and it turns out that's not the appropriate vehicle. So this is just incredibly empowering for us to take control of our financial futures. And I, I have to say, I was very intimidated when I first started, but yeah. having learned from you and gone through the process, it is not as near. I mean, we cut people open, you know, we bring people back from the dead. Right. We can do this. We can do this. It exactly. is not as scary as I thought. And since meeting Vanessa, I am actually starting on my own pathway to financial freedom and doing some, getting started on some passive investing soon, which I'm so excited about. Excellent. Uh, that. That sounds great. I think this is going to be a really good workshop. I might have to po poke, in, poke my head in on this one because I mm -hmm. have a lot to learn in this area. Okay, Vanessa, we're asking everybody a fun question just to mm -hmm. kind of get to know each other a little bit better. I know you live in sunny San Diego where it's always 70 degrees and perfect. Mm -hmm. If you had to pick one season other than sunny California in which to spend the rest of your life, would it be winter, spring, or fall, since you essentially live in summer at all times? Good question. Well, I moved from Canada. I'm a, I'm a Canadian. Oh, and, so winter. Uh, and so <laughs> I'm not going to pick winter. That's for sure. <laughs> kind of why I'm here. People ask why I came down here. I'm like, um, it's really cold up there, like nine months of the year. <laughs> so, um, so definitely winter is out. Um, I would have to say um, fall. Yeah, I love fall, um, and I don't get that here. You know, there is no fall. Fall is when it gets a little crisp, but nothing changes. The season, I love the um, the colors of the leaves, and also that just sort of like crisp feeling in the air, but it's still got some warmth to it, whereas yeah. spring is the opposite, where it's still like, in Canada anyway, it's still really cold, and you keep, <laughs> you get grumpy in springtime because spring is technically March 21st or something. And um, Right, and you there, want it to be spring, but it's still very deeply winter. Exactly. <laughs> and then you're like, you think it's like warm enough to go out with like, you know, your sandals and a skirt, and then you're like absolutely freezing. So all right. the, the opposite, where it's like, I'm done with the heat. I'm ready to bundle up a little bit. And yeah, I want to wear a scarf and boots. I'm going to look yeah. so cute today. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> totally. So. Fall's my season too. I'd pick it too. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. <laughs> well, I know you're working today. Thank you so much for hopping on with us. We're looking forward to your awesome workshop. Okay. Take care guys. Thank Bye. you. Thanks. Okay. I am very excited to bring to you Dr. Allison Haddock and Dr. Hillary Fairbrother. Their workshop is councils, committees, and beyond your personal map to professional organization leadership. That sounds amazing, you guys. This can be an, feel like an intimidating process. So what are people gonna learn in your workshop? Well, so we really wanted to create a personalized roadmap for different individuals who are interested in you know, healthcare policy or organizational policy. There's, there's so many different organizations that ask for physician involvement and there's so many different organizations that women are involved in. And we really wanted to kind of help facilitate some of that growth and progress through those organizations. 
And it's not always transparent and easy to figure out how to get started. That on-ramp can feel a little bit steep. So we think the opportunity to have a workshop where we can actually individually interact with participants and talk with them about their needs and their passions and their interests and figure out how to best match them and put them on that ramp, sort of boost them up that ramp so that they're on their way to the kind of position that they're looking for in organized medicine. I think that's gonna be really satisfying and fulfilling for us and hopefully offer some opportunities for our participants. That sounds great because there are a variety of organizations that we can get involved in and different subcommittees within them. So how to get launched in the right one for you based on where you wanna be 5, 10, 15, 30 years from now is a little daunting. So having some one-on-one -on -one with some people who are doing it so well is going to be really helpful for people. Uh, hopefully it doesn't take 30 years to get to a leadership position. I think uh, Hillary no, and I are it, working on proving it, that. Even though absolutely. Is that it might take that long. And, well, and, and we know that there's a lack of mentorship, right? Like, so we want to make sure that we're providing some individualized mentorship for women who are interested in these organizations or in organizational leadership um, throughout, you know, throughout the different opportunities that are in front of us. I love this. And this is roadmap and that mentorship, because it's intimidating, especially when you don't see people who look like you in those roles. So to see young, powerful women and now reaching your hand out to help lead the way for other people is just absolutely empowering and amazing. It's so great. This is going to be such a great workshop. Okay. Allison, Hillary. We're asking all of the workshop leaders some silly or random question that's popping into my head in the moment so we can get to know you better. My question for you is, I really miss brunch. I quite enjoyed brunch back in the pre-COVID days. Savory or sweet brunch? Or do you go with other people so that you can order one of each and swapsies? Yes, you got a swapsies. That's got a swapsies. That's what I got married for, right? So I could convince him, like, you want that, I want that, and then we all share, because you got to have it. <laughs> okay, but let's say you can't swapsies. Uh, swapsies is obviously I, I the, say, the dream like situation. The non-answer is swapsies. I feel like- Right, but pick an one, savory or sweet. I, I'm savory a thousand percent. I, savory. I, I give up sweet tomorrow, but don't take away, you know, my salt and cheese and- yeah. I if the you. sweet involves chocolate, though, it's going to suck me in. I'm not going to lie. If you've got some, like, Nutella ricotta-filled French toast thing you've got going or something, oh, I mean, I'm not, that's going to be hard to resist. Okay, now I'm hungry. You guys are making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. ricotta-filled French toast. <gasps> yeah, I'd like that right now, please. Imagine things I haven't eaten in years. I don't know. <laughs> chocolate for breakfast. It's the way to that's go. That's my favorite meal of the week. <laughs> Thank you both for joining us. I think your workshop is going to be fantastic and really help launch some women into some leadership positions, which we desperately need. So thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank, you. thank you. Now we have Dr. Melanie Yates and her workshop is starting a women's mentorship program. And first of all, I want to say, I really wish there had been something like this when I was starting but even now in my career, I could see so much benefit to this. Melanie, what kind of things are participants gonna learn in the workshop? Yeah, so I remember as a med student not having a woman mentor um, and that was really frustrating um, and intimidating um, and to try and go into emergency or any field. And so this workshop is really gonna kind of help you get the tools to start one if you're looking to. So whether that's 
learning your audience, what your um, participants are um, going to be, whether they're underrepresented women, that type of thing, um, how you're going to get your mentors, how you're going to match them, um, and beyond what rules or expectations you're going to set. Um, so it's going to be a good sounding board for that. So you're going to teach a stepwise program so people can actually not just learn from you, but take this to their own institution. Exactly. I really want to help people who want to start a mentorship program be able to wherever they are. This is great. We know that really good mentorship is a crucial way to get more women into leadership positions, to get more women to have successful, meaningful, empowering careers. I love this. Exactly. And it's also really important, not just for like medical students or pre-med students, but it's also important for residents and junior faculty and beyond, depending on what your goals are with your career. Absolutely. You're never... You're never too old or too experienced to need a mentor along the way. So. Hey, I'll, I'll take one anytime. <laughs> There's so much still to learn and to have the steps and have it not be intimidating or scary or onerous because we're all busy, but to be able to do this and get people engaged is going to make such a powerful impact on women in the specialty of emergency medicine. Yeah, and I'm hoping this just gives people ideas on how they can start the mentorship program. So I know when I was, you know, starting mine up, I was able to talk to a ton of people who could help me figure out what different things we were going to do in order to get it started, in order to match people, in order to set expectations. So, Fantastic. Are you ready for a hot seat question? I am. This is very COVID specific in my head, at least, because I haven't traveled anywhere since February. Yeah. If there was no pandemic and finances were not an issue, where would you go and why? So this is a super easy question because I was actually a fourth year medical student when COVID hit. So our Southeast Asia trip got canceled. Oh. So, oh. <laughs> so that's absolutely where I would go in a heartbeat. Uh, I would love to go see Vietnam, Thailand, all those different areas. So um, eventually I'll get there someday. You <laughs> cool. will, you will. We're gonna come too in case you need some, you know, some help. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Jamie, this has been a really fun way for me to spend the afternoon getting to hear from all these really smart and accomplished and excited workshop leaders who cannot wait to bring their expertise to the Fix audience. Don't forget, tickets are on sale now, so go over to the website and secure yours today. We hope to see you soon.